You are listening to the Rethinking Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Patterson, and I'm glad that you're here. I'm a former pastor turned brewer with a deep love of theology and philosophy. Although I don't always wear the label comfortably, Christianity seems to be baked into who I am. I've found a home within the world of process relational thinking and have made close friends with the mystics. So whether you're a devout believer, a questioning skeptic, a bold atheist, or simply someone trying to figure out what it means to be human, you belong here. Thank you for joining me and taking the risk of entering into the sacred space. And thank you for reminding me that we aren't alone on this journey. Let us imagine a better way to be human together. Shall we begin? Hey friends, before we get into our episode today, I wanted to tell you about a fun event coming up that I will be at, a live event called God After Deconstruction. At this live event, Trip Fuller and Thomas J. Ord, both friends of the podcast, will describe the realities and challenges of deconstruction. We all know that many of us are walking away from church and or God, and we have some pretty good reasons, right? The old ways of thinking make little sense, and the hurt is very real. This conference proposes better ways to think about God, because a sensible view oriented around open and relational theology is possible after we deconstruct the irrational and harmful views so many of us have been offered. Fuller and Ord are joined by thought leaders Catherine Keller, John Tatominal, Bruce Epperly, Alexis Lilly, and others to explore deconstruction and the open and relational and process view of God. The event begins at 7 p.m. on Friday and concludes, rather, at 5 p.m. on Saturday with an invitation to an informal meal thereafter. This event is sponsored by the Center for Open and Relational Theology and Homebrewed Christianity and hosted by the Theological School at Drew University. Joining these are the podcast co-sponsors Radical Love, Yours Truly, Rethinking Faith, War Machine, and The New Evangelicals. If you would like to grab tickets, you can find them on Eventbrite. Just search God After Deconstruction Drew University. Again, that's February 9th through the 10th of this year. I hope to see you all there. What's your shirt stand for? What's your shirt stand for? Uh, So I used to work at a brewery before it shut down called Full Tilt. And so mm-hmm. you can probably guess what the, the middle yeah. letters mean. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So that was kind of a, an experience I had after. Um, so I think last time we talked, I was a pastor. I don't do that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped being a pastor. I became a, uh, well, a bartender and then ended up in the back making beer. So I was uh, a professional brewer for about two and a half years. And then I uh, somehow found myself currently as the parish administrator in a tiny little Episcopal church. Um, and I don't really know how I got there, but I'm there. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of what I'm doing now. Uh, it's been Which interesting. We could probably say about lots of things. That's quite yeah. I don't know <laughs> how I got there, but I'm there. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. It was actually there's a there's a moment in uh where'd you park your spaceship that I actually read in my office at the new job that kind of uh 
I don't know, like it like jumped out at me at the time. There's this bit where one of your characters, the main character, Heen, um, kind of like, I guess they're filling him in on his job. And he was like, what? I notice things like I get paid he's offended. To... Yes, he's offended. Uh, but there was something about that that kind of jumped out to me. Uh, and that's when I kind of like got this language of, oh, I'm just I'm here at this job that I find myself in and it um, I don't exactly have words for it, but it did something inside of me. It was rather interesting. So I don't know. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for taking time to, to come and hang out once again. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. I don't really know where it's going to go. Last time I tried to, to outline uh, your book, everything is spiritual, and um, you found that rather humorous. <laughs> and we uh, threw the 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 outline to the side. So this time, I I didn't try to outline anything. Uh, more so, just thought it'd be fun to talk about the experience that is. Where did you park your spaceship? Which is your newest book that you put out? Yeah. Actually, it's really interesting that you would say that because that's from the very origins of the story. It was, it was, I was having this experience. I was meeting the characters. Uh, This guy is asking this guy, where'd you park your spaceship? And I'm asking like, well, how does he feel about this question? Well, why are there spaceships involved? What happened? Are they, what happened to the earth? Uh, Well, what happened to get them? to this spot well how does he respond to the question oh he doesn't like the he doesn't like the question why doesn't he like the question so it was like this inquiry and these characters and and what's her name her name is ziga may what's she wearing she's wearing a striped sweater with orange trainers and brown hair tucked behind her apron okay all right and i just kept following it and then it just kept getting bigger and wider and I would uh, kind of know where a particular scene was headed, but also be writing the scene, finding out where it was headed. <laughs> like when, when the scene you mentioned, when he, when they're like, we've, we basically like, we discovered that you have a, a what's that Liam Neeson movie? I have a very particular set of skills. It's like, they're like, uh, you actually test, you have very high aptitude. And, and so he's asking them like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you, you're really good at noticing. And he's like, oh, Come on. What? That is the lamest thing ever. I didn't know that he had that much. What is the word? Disdain or bitterness or he's got all this emotion just waiting to explode out of him. But yeah, all of that. Right. Right. All of it. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah. That's that's a good description for what I was feeling writing it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's curious because I even uh so I did this thing recently called um, Theology Beer Camp, uh, which I really love being a part of. And at Theology Beer Camp, um, I was talking to a friend of mine um, and I had had a few beers like you do at Theology Beer Camp. And uh, they, I don't remember how it came up, but somehow Where'd You Park Your Spaceship came up and I told them that I was reading it. And they asked me a question like, well, uh, what do you think? Is it any good? And that question felt weird to me 
like I didn't know how to answer it because I was like, I feel like the book itself isn't isn't presenting itself as like, uh, is this good enough or something like that? It felt more it felt inappropriate to ask it that way. I was more interested in like, well, it's it's good in the fact that I'm really enjoying it. And like if Rob Bell were to write a novel like this is what I feel like it would be <laughs> but it more so it felt more like what the book is doing is it's an invitation into uh an experience and if you are willing to open yourself up to the different questions or experience that the book invites you into I think that will decide for somebody if something is good or not so you see like that was a weird question to me I didn't really know how to answer yes. it at the yeah. time does that make yeah. sense or ask somebody if their marriage is winning. Yeah, right. <laughs> ask them if their house is victorious. Um, you, uh, good and bad, those dualities uh, have, have a wonderful time and place. And if that same guy read the book and was like, yeah, no, this book is crap. It's a bad book. Fine. You're f free to use it. It's just that the mind works in these thoughts that are reflections of how our mental furniture is arranged, which is very different than a full-bodied experience in which the mind is a servant, not a master. So it's that experience of playing a song for somebody because you want them to hear it. And like 20 seconds in, they're like, God, it sounds like, Man, it sounds like if Black Sabbath in the 1975, I can hear there's a little influence there of Father John. You're like, God, stop, stop. Just listen to the song. You know what I mean? It's it's like the standing at a distance from the experience, naming it and labeling it and putting it in particular categories keeps the experience at a distance at some level. Now, obviously, like if you get sick and you need somebody, you need a doctor to help, you need somebody who's not sick, who can properly diagnosis. It's just that you're right. When somebody's like, is it any good? And you've just had an experience of something. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it, it was it was interesting too, because like... Um, this when I when I emailed you asking about if you if you'd want to talk about this, um, I kind of shared my initial experience with it where, um, you know, the book came. I sat out, you know, sitting outside on the, the back deck with my wife. Um, she was reading her book. I was reading mine. And I got like, I don't know, 70 some pages in. And then there's there's a kind of Something an happens. event that happens. There's yeah. And that event, like for whatever reason, just kind of hit me pretty hard. I I went from like laughing and like, I don't know what's happening here. to like, oh, okay. I put in my bookmark, I set the book down and then I, I didn't pick it up for a while. Um, I sat it on, we have more overflowing bookshelves like the one you see behind me <laughs> downstairs in the kitchen or in the, like where our table is. And I had sat it on the middle shelf and it was just kind of sitting there and like, every day at dinner, it was kind of like taunting me like, hey, you should probably <laughs> keep reading this. And I was like, now nah, do other stuff. 
And uh, then like one day, finally, I was just like, all right, fine. You know, I'll pick it up. I, I tend to have stacks of books, much like you can't see to my right. Um, and I read every morning when I wake up and I kind of, I don't know if it's an ADHD thing, but I like pick up a book and I'm like, okay, this is what I read this morning. And I like maybe get a paragraph and like, no, I'm not doing this, put it aside. And like all of my books had failed me and this was still sitting on the shelf. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this one. And uh, yeah, I, I think part of what my resistance was, is that I, when I was leaving church world, I kind of came into, found something like contemplative practice, um, more kind of like full bodied experience, these kind of things. And then for some reason that was really helpful. And I started to get away from it. And I've been reading a ton of philosophy. I'm back in school, like doing nerd stuff in my mind. But this book didn't allow me to just hide in my mind. It invited me once again into something deeper. And so I think I was resisting that experience. Um, And now since I've I've read it again, it's reinvited me back into my body and I don't really have words. (laughs) It's just been an experience. Does that make sense? That is just. That is amazing. That is amazing. Well, that, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can relate to that. I mean, I, I grew up in a particular religious tradition that was very much stuck in its head. So even the Protestant Reformation, a guy put a list of things on a door like that. That's how we did. That's how we do things. We put lists on doors. And at some level, I could see a couple of years ago when I actually started writing this, I could see probably over the past four years, it's like I could see my lineage in a new way. Like, oh, I came from a long line of people who concepts and ideas were safer than the pain of the world. So like I literally got a master's degree in divinity, which I don't know. I can't believe none of us like, seems like that we would have been laughed. Like nobody was laughing at the absurdity of that. Like a master of divinity is like, that's funny. Um, But nobody, I, I don't remember anybody being in on that joke. Do you know what I mean? And I could see how my work was like the intellect was just pedaling as hard as it could. And then hopefully it was infused with more and more life and feeling and body and incarnation and intuition. But I do remember a couple of years ago having some experiences in which I could feel it like almost like flipping from the mind running things to the center of my being, being the center, uh, which ancient wisdom would call the heart and the mind serves that. And then I I could gradually begin to see how often it was minds talking to minds, brains talking to brains. Um, and it helped me understand like 
the, the people that I was often intimidated by, the super smart people who seem to have read every book and are able to think on their feet really fast and come up with incredibly quick citations and quotations and data and just seem to be able to punch holes. And I was always very intimidated by that, but I began to see, oh, everybody's coming from a story. And so the, especially the person who's like, no, this is just the facts. I just reasoned my way to this because what? how else could you see it? Um, no, things happen to you. You, you, you know what I mean? And uh, I can't, are you on mute? Uh, yeah, I was, sorry. Oh, there you are. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so, so you are touching on something that's, it's like, uh, it, it opens up a certain tenderness and, and like an earnest, earnestness in me that mm -hmm. has been, so this, when this story, I started to write this story, there was like this permission giving, like, can I just do this? I don't even know who I was asking. Can I just do this? Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. this is like, oh God, this is like fully orbed, full bodied. And I noticed how like so much grief is in the body that's just asking for expression. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really mm -hmm. moving to me that you said that. It's very moving to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, the... I don't know. It's it's been interesting trying to like feel like well, I don't want to say again cuz I don't think I'm bad at feeling emotion or something like that, but for whatever reason I've noticed about myself that um even though I'm capable of the more uh wholeness or like we you know I've done episodes before where we talk about the three centers of knowing and like keeping them in line um, and these kind of things. But there's, there's a part of me that sometimes seeks to escape back just into the head, into the realm of ideas, because I think like you were saying, it can be safer um, or something like that. And so it's, it's just, I don't know. It's been helping me reflect a bit as to why maybe is it that I have been trying to go back to the realm of just kind of the abstract and the ideas? Like what, it, what is it in life? You know, what is it, what is it speaking to? Uh, and I think, for example, um, one that I noted here that stood out to me was there's an, uh, uh, and I took note of the, there's a, a bit on, it's like a little bit on 208 and 209 where there's kind of this conversation uh, between a couple or um, or about a couple and they're talking about uh, having kids. And there's this like really beautiful dialogue about be the kind of fear that comes from, oh, well, you bring a, you know, a, a person into the world, which is a crazy idea in itself that then kind of puts these constraints um, on you. I'm literally life. turning in the book to see what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's... Philippe, is this Philippe and Zigamay? Yes, yes, yes. And that, but the the kind of and then um, who was it mm. that? Oh yeah, and Borns. That's good. Borns and Borns is, saying, is hey, the one is speaking. Philippe, is Philippe ready to die? And she's yes. like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, yeah. "No man, man loves <laughs> options. Philippe yeah. loves his options." He's like he does. He always says we're gonna. 
He's like, yeah, you got to die. You got to die. Yeah. And, Finley, yeah. and and Bourne's busts out this huge speech about the nature of now you got to die to all that. So you can be present to the ones you love. Yeah. I, <laughs> that, that really, I don't know. That stood out to me as, I mean, I'm approaching 30 and that kind of question is very live in my life um, with my spouse, with Noel. And so the, I don't know, there was, there was just something beautiful about that, that dying, but also uh, the, I don't know, something about the constraints. It, it reminded me of this idea of faith, not faith in the way of like religious faith, but faith is the way of being in the world. Like my buddy Aaron Simmons likes to say, faith is risking oneself in a direction. And it seems like that's just mm -hmm. baked in to the whole thing. <laughs> and so the the mm -hmm. child bit um is a is a risk of course but it's a you have to ask yourself is this a faithful way to be in the world to put constraints uh you're i don't choosing, know yes you're yeah. choosing yeah 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 you're choosing to be present to a, a a craft a trade a job a moment a person you're you're giving yourself to this. And so this yes brings with it a whole series of no's mm -hmm. and it's the death. And it always involves the death of a fantasy and fantasy is limitless options. Yeah. But to yeah. not just stay stuck in fantasy requires actual fidelity to a mm -hmm. time and place and people and yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whatever comes with it and finding out what it actually is, not how it, is in your brain which will be <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bigger and wider and unbordered and boundaryless and infinite and the thing like the yeah it's easy to talk about the thing you're going to do as a way to avoid having to actually do it and find yeah. out if the thing <laughs> that you're going to do is as awesome in your head it's as is as awesome in real life as it actually is in your head <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's like and a that... thousand yeah you're doing a thousand funerals that's how you make things in the world that's how yeah. you participate just a thousand funerals of you're just the self-inquiry to notice what's an expectation, what's an assumption, what's a clinging, what's a grasping. You, the the mind is super sticky that way. So we're learning to just keep it clean and clear up there. Hmm. Just to be present to what is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, and it's like this. I don't know. It 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 calls into like I notice it. Um this kind of you know long we are especially here in america right we talk all, always about freedom and like kind of have this idea of freedom as that kind of endless list of of possibilities things that we can do um but, but in a way like to me that seems like maybe that's not actually freedom but freedom does come in the in the choosing yes yeah yeah. and the constraint the, yeah because <laughs> you get stuck there's freedom there's freedom from yeah which is fine yeah great uh, and then there's freedom for. So to just endlessly talk about freedom from whatever, tyranny, et cetera, that's great. But but what is that freedom then for? It's, yeah, you, the joy will always be in giving yourself to something hmm. or somebody. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And it's, it's, I think part of two to tie this back into maybe the, my experience of how I find myself at this little episcopal church because mm. like 
Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even go to church. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I haven't. But there is some kind of it of risk involved in being present and like doing administrative work for this yeah. like yeah group of 40 people who are all like at least 40 years older than me. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. And, it's beautiful. Yeah. You can see how it like you're like I ended up there it's almost like you're you're a deeper knowing within you is asking to be grounded and centered in a time and a place hmm. Hmm. it's like in in those particulars you find the universal hmm. yeah like in your fidelity to the tasks in the midst of those people is is where you find the unbordered boundaryless universe Hmm. like Hmm. i took my daughter to school this morning and she was going off about her gym teacher and just fit to be tied about her gym teacher and yeah that is the business that oh and got some Olivia. we were listening to olivia rodrigo and her single off the prequel to the hunger games movie that's coming and Hmm. i have had the bridge to that song in my head because she plays it every morning and she did too and like we're talking about this piece of music as she's venting about her pe teacher as we're talking about uh she's playing soccer and realizing like what like what the fit she's in conditioning right now and it's like what like that's it's all there Hmm. talking to you right now uh it's that there is no other thing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah i actually didn't i don't know if you can see this i just did this new painting um oh, nice yesterday and i i was like trying to and it's like a i don't know if you can see that silver tall one yeah yeah it's with like the, a, the words on like it a, it's like a flower yeah and it uh from the top it just says this feels exactly like this feels exactly like this feels exactly like this feels <laughs> right. And it, uh, exactly like this feels exactly like this feels. <laughs> it's a kitchen cabinet cover door from a 1940s ranch house here in Ojai that they were, I salvaged off of the junk pile, <laughs> <laughs> but hmm. there's your, it's really powerful how, it's like you, your own deep knowing knows to, that if you aren't in a time and place, then you like float away at some level. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the world or even the number of people who watch the news and get depressed thinking <laughs> that they were watching the news. But you're like, I don't know, there are these 40 people who sort of live their lives together and they're present to each other. And mm-hmm. it's it's not that cool and it's kind of funky or whatever you think about it. I don't know. But you, but it's real. It's like mm-hmm. real. It's like mm-hmm. real humans who are yeah. like really like there's something about the the granular particularness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like similar to like Heen has this experience on Fergus where he uh is 
like notices how like things are different on furnace he keeps coming back to this uh like and idea he can't figure i love how he can't figure yeah. out <laughs> and and uh i don't know if as the reader you were wondering like wait have all the other planets been like this he's just now is furnace different or is he somehow anyway go on yeah yeah and he's <laughs> like he's yeah and he's like and noticing this and he was like this world is so you know he's like he likes it and then he kind of has this realization like oh like this could also be my world like oh. like that that like really jumped out to me and it, it feels it feels similar to kind of how you were talking about like the news thing or whatever um because you know the news or whoever tells you how the world is and then i go to this or like here I, even this we have all these podcasts out there and myself included that's like oh well, the church is just this. It's all evil. It's all bullshit. It's all blah, 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 blah. And then somehow I end up in this tiny little Episcopal church with like all these old people. And it's not like how I've even been saying things were like, this one feels different. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, so not all churches yeah. are like that. This, you know, and the so there's kind of like, broken. The yeah, and there's broken. this compassion piece that comes in then. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's been interesting. It's been healing in that regard. Um, so the the person who yeah. says, like, imagine the person who says, how come no one wants to talk about and then fill in whatever topic? Right. But they do. <laughs> so they're breaking the pattern by simply asking the question. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So it appears like it's progressive, advanced. How come... I see something. How come other people don't see what I see? But it's actually terribly ignorant and naive hmm. because this person is the hope that they're actually looking for. <laughs> How come yeah. no one wants to talk about whatever? Well, you do. So, so, so someone does. You do. Yeah. So all the like, just fit the government, business, corporations. What you said, the church is all whatever. Yeah, but I just met this guy. I just met this woman who owns a business and she's like a really good business owner. She actually just gave a most of her business ownership to her employees. Like she's looking at new ways to even like there pattern broken. You don't get to speak in these generalities. Yeah. <laughs> there's a certain, there's a certain laziness to it that you're like, wait a second. How dare, how dare you speak with paint everything with one brush? Mm -hmm. There are these people over here who are actually the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't know. It reminds me of this idea of like, uh, like terraform, like creating, like creating new worlds um, or like, uh, yeah. Propaganda. He's like a singer songwriter guy did a book about this where he's like, Oh, like culture is one way, but like we are the culture. Like, yes. you know, Martin Luther, when he says, here I stand, I can do no other. It's like, Nope, you could definitely do other. <laughs> like I <laughs> like like you're you can always do other. And so perhaps like, yeah, we are the culture. We can like like you're saying, you you've noticed this. Let's do some something about it. We are that thing. Yes. We can yeah. we can change it. Um and I think that's really intriguing. I think that's an experience that Heen has with Furtis. <laughs> yes, because for many people they're mental structure there's a boundary between the interior and the exterior so there's mm -hmm. me and 
what's happening in me. And then there's the world around me. So then there's my body and my life. And then there's the environment or the climate or the earth. Hmm. But, but literally at the most basic cellular level, our body is made of the same stuff as everything around us is made in the hmm. environment. And we are the environment. So for many people, their fundamental starting point is separation mm -hmm. as opposed to unity. All parts actually exist within a larger whole. So you're like, you are deftly identifying, wait a second, there, there is no thing called culture. Like it is a thing that's constantly being shaped and processed and curated and tweaked by us. We, so we are the us. Yeah. You are the us. <laughs> and that's why people have to resort to words like hope, which often have a profoundly disempowering effect. Because when they say hope, mm. like, do you have hope for the world? What they mean is, how is the furniture in your head arranged positively or negatively around some day in the future when something outside of you what direction is it, is it going to go as opposed to how things actually are, which all of this right now is a seamless whole with endless parts and divisions within it. And I act and move in new ways. That is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I'm, I'm with you. I love the, the kind of the whole language and like listeners, you have the show be familiar. I I often um, like to talk about kind of like this, what I call like the myth of separation. And I think the oh, kind of myth of separation is where a lot of, uh, I don't know, like to use, I guess like a theological category, like where I would say sin arises out of that. When we believe that somehow I'm separate from you, then I can dehumanize you. I can be racist. I can whatever, yeah. kill you, yeah, yeah. murder you. Right, but right. I believe I'm separate from uh, the earth or creation. It gets, uh, what, it brown balls or, or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, well said. That's really well said. Yeah. And so like living into that myth, I think, is what kind of causes this because it's, it's going against the structure of how things actually are. Yeah. And so then these kind yeah. of divisions arise and people do what people do <laughs> but uh that's i really think well that's said. an illusion it's a myth um, yes yeah yeah and all the great nothing. healing comes when you realize this person is me yeah they are us yeah i am us they are us yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that 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 has been helpful for me too because then i've i've noticed uh too like even when i look uh for example, at my bookshelf, I had this experience the other day. I was looking at at my bookshelf, seeing all these books, and some of them, it was kind of like, "Oh wow, this is so cool!" I, you know, I remember when I first read this, what you know, what that was like, what it did to me. And then there was these other books, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I want this book around anymore. It's kind of cringy, right?" And I had this, I kind of like thought about it though, and had this experience. I was like, "Well, wait a minute." This book that now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'd recommend that to somebody. At a time, it was helpful for me. Mine did something. <laughs> and so just kind of this recognition was like, oh, well, like that that book still belongs uh, because without it, like it, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so finding that recognition and then being able to see that in other people 
um, like I guess past, I, I don't know that people are bookshelves, but past cringy books and other people uh, that you also have on your shelf, I guess, can then kind of help generate compassion uh, for others, hopefully, because you recognize yourself there in them. You're learning to see yourself and everybody you meet. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> your bookshelf is like got seven <laughs> Josh's ago. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's powerful. That's well said. It's curious. Hmm. Well, I love, I... That, you talk... I love oh. that you referenced Heen on Furtis like he's like a guy <laughs> you and I know, like a guy we went to school with or something. Yeah. Yeah. That for your <laughs> listeners, your listeners who are like, wait, Heen on a guy named Heen on Furtis. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. Actually, I I had a list of some questions that kind of got at that idea. And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe it's too weird. But I was like, I wanted to ask you like, okay, like if you were to like sit down with Heen over, I don't know, like food and a beverage, like what what kind of food are you eating and what are you drinking together? Like this. Tacos, obviously. Tacos. <laughs> and a... Uh, uh some sort of lemonade hmm that's just what comes to mind <laughs> some sort of soup like with goji berries with some superfood that gives it like a serious like punch like a hmm. a lemonade with a like some monk fruit or agave so that it's got like doesn't have that sugary just has that like like a pow sour lemonade hmm. it's just enough that you can just enough that you can drink it just enough sweetener that you could actually but, but still packing a solid punch and tacos, obviously. And tacos, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. That's, uh, I don't know. That, that's so interesting to me because I was, I was thinking about that too. Like, well, and for me, my, I always go to beer. I love craft beer. I just love beer in general. Um, the beer world was provided a lot of healing for me after I left church. I, mm-hmm. uh, cause I found community there and belonging um, kind of like that Cheers theme song, a place where everyone knows your name, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, I wonder what having a beer with Heen would be like. And then I was like, Hmm, I don't know. I want it might be more curious. I wonder what like having a beer with Dill Tud would be like. <laughs> the best. That the best. Be... <laughs> You'd be the, all it's... over the place. Yeah, yeah, if, if, all over the place. But somehow, you would like know what he's talking about even though you like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> or like that one like point this... when, he, when he's like when he does that whole black and white speech you're like he's like i think that was really profound i also wonder if maybe he's not right in the head it's like he <laughs> figure out <laughs> that's funny and i I think too does he if I remember correctly, I think he was he was talking about Dill Tudby points out that this kind of like has a skill to like or no, it was he wasn't talking about Dill, he was talking about someone else, but they that they had this capacity, this ability to say something to you that like seems rather obvious, but they're saying it as if no one knows it or like understands or something like that. And it's yeah, like, yeah. When when Ziga May is in the bake when they're in the baking room and Ziga May says to him yeah. You say things like they're very simple, straightforward things, like they're brand new. 
Mm. And weirdly enough, it's quite powerful. Or she's she's like noticing that there's a sort of innocence that he's recovering. Yeah, and that, huh? That was that was just that was curious to me because I think, um, for me, when I, I don't know, because there's and this is where I I get kind of judgmental, so forgive me, because there's a lot of different people out there who are like spiritual teachers. And for whatever reason, I have this kind of like BS filter that, that I'll read things through. And the spiritual teachers that I trust tend to be the ones that are able to pull something out of me that has been there the whole time, but somehow I have like forgotten it or say something that seems so simple and straightforward and honest, uh, but yet and like maybe obvious, but is also deeply profound. And like, again, somehow I forgot that. And that yes. that's really interesting to me. And I think there's moments in different characters in this book that do that same thing. <laughs> I mean, I think the mm. whole book is doing that, but that that's something I noticed about it when I was reading as well. They uh, do not keep the old hierarchies in place that they have something that you don't. Mm-hmm. Rather, they hold up a mirror and show you and illuminate what you already have mm-hmm. which is the only person who can actually ever help you yeah yeah it's like a good <laughs> quote a good quote isn't something that's brand new it's something that names or speaks to experience you've had or something that you already know someone gave mm-hmm. you the gift of language for it um, but mm-hmm. it wasn't something that you're like huh you're like oh no no like a light goes on because it's actually familiarity hmm hmm Kind yeah. of how that works. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and you're part of like what's happened in your life from what you've shared with me. There those old hierarchies in which some people go up on the mountain and get the magical word and then bring it down to the people at the base of the mountain, they're eroding within you. Mm-hmm. And like the beauty of like the community of beer is that (laughs) it's an actual community. Everybody's just Mm -hmm. doing their part and Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually need, there's no power structure that needs to be kept in power. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you talk about lot for lots of institutions, they are in the way of the good they originally set up to do because of their need for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere needs to keep this arrangement the way that it is because they have power, prestige, paycheck, etc. from this arrangement. And what's happening is a new arrangement is asking. Education, government, economics, a new arrangement is needed for this moment. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody mm-hmm. somewhere who's like, actually, I like the old way it was arranged. Yeah. I have a vested interest I'm invested in the previous, in the current arrangement. So I'm going to resist. That's so you're, you're, it's powerful because the thing that's, yeah, yeah, what's happening in you is what's happening mm-hmm. in the larger systems because mm. you, you, like, you are the system. That's super yeah. powerful to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's too, with something like beer, it, or even bread for that matter. Uh, <laughs> when you share a beer with somebody, 
Like yeah. the beer doesn't care who is Josh Patterson and who is Rob Bell. The <laughs> beer is just kind of neutral in that situation. And it's something that brings two people together. Um, regardless of who those people are, there's this kind of, I don't know. It was so interesting working in. So at full tilt and when, so I was a brewer, make a beer, blah, blah, blah. I'd come out from the back and, you know, hang out with um, all the different regulars and my friends and we'd have beer together and it was a great time. And they didn't, they didn't seem to care about the same kind of things that happened when I was like in the church world. Like, Nobody at the bar gave a fuck what my Christology was <laughs> or like they didn't care about these these other sort of like, I don't know, ex like defining labels or something like that. They just knew that we were there together and that this beer tastes good and, uh, you know, just wanted to get along and do life together. And I think there's something really powerful and beautiful about that. Um that's exciting and inviting and kind of subversive uh at the same and time kind of the only the game we've been playing actually the whole time yeah like, <laughs> i'm uh like when i get done talking with you i'll probably go out in the ocean yeah do some surfing oftentimes dolphins come through hmm. and it's always oh every time is the first time hmm. it's it it's always a dolphin always does something to me like a dolphin is a presence of a dolphin there is no mind that is verbally going check me out i'm a dolphin look at my dolphinness <laughs> the dolphin just comes through and just it's pure dolphinness being yeah um so however much the dolphin is chattering to its other dolphins it's not chattering. I can't pick it up. All I pick up is the just presence of a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, it, it does something to me so deep in my bones. Whales even more. Like when you're in the ocean close to a whale, I, I can't, it's like a, a full body. I, I just can't, I can't think of any corollary experience that I can be like, oh, it's like, it's not like anything I've ever experienced, but mm. it's like presence. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. you, like you and your friends, you come out from the back at the brewery and you all are just present to each other. And if someone's like quite sad about something, everybody goes, the sadness, sadness belongs, the anger mm -hmm. belongs, the celebration belongs. It's just, yeah, we're present. It's like the, it's the, it's the actual gift underneath all the other gifts. Hmm that we give each other. It's interesting yeah. in quantum in what they <laughs> began to understand in quantum physics over the past, whatever, hundred, hundred and forty ish years is quantum physicists. When they realized that observing a subatomic particle yeah. reveals what it even like affects what it even does. Mm -hmm. And there's some way in which somebody witnessing to us, just being present mm. with us, Mm. changes things like you think about when you go through something difficult yeah. and then you're later reflecting on it and there was the friend who was just present with you didn't offer solutions didn't give advice they were just present 
they just walked with you through it. Mm -hmm. And somehow they're the one later that you're like, hey, thank you. That like changed everything. They're like, I didn't do anything. You're like, no, no, you don't understand. It's like presence does does something. Mm -hmm. It is something. It's, it's underrated, to say the least. <laughs> the mind gets quiet and clear. And we're just present to each other and whole new worlds open up. Mm. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Deeply fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so I don't know. It's it's so curious. The presence thing, I um that, you know, is something that that became really uh important to me and, and within the brewing world, uh now I feel like it's it's more difficult, but within the brewing world, when I was everything is so tactile, I was doing everything with my hands. Mm. Mm -hmm. um presence felt a bit uh easier because yes. like i i would this i'm here doing this thing and i need right. to do it right and i was very constant present to what i was doing um and i really i really appreciated that aspect of of brewing um i miss that aspect <laughs> of brewing so then the challenge becomes being you know present uh intentionally in, in yes. all of these things um but i'm i'm I don't know. I'm curious for you as, uh, you know, kind of um, our time together starts to to wind down. Is there a character um, that as you met them when you were writing this book, uh, was there a particular character that maybe forced you to maybe be a little bit more present or maybe that taught you something about yourself? um that you didn't know or was like a bit of like a like a challenge like was there a character that you have that oh kind of God, relationship every... with in some ways what a great question one answer would be the only reason any of the characters show up is because they were <laughs> doing something <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice they 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 uh Nunye, I found absolutely riveting. She's mm -hmm. terrifying and so incredibly like charismatic and engaging, but also opaque. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, hey, by the way, you don't share anything about yourself ever. Like he starts to get on like, and yet she she's just always two steps ahead of him. Mm -hmm. She's like, my God, you're you're like a series five in your reports. You're like one of the better ones, but you don't like what are you gonna tell me next? I'm wearing black pants. She's like just <laughs> ripping him. You know what I mean? So there's like an uneasiness. She's so strong and powerful and fast, and she's such a trained assassin. And yet she also has some ability to connect with everybody she meets, which is like, is that real? Is that an act? I found her so elusive and and at one point when he was like if if I wasn't terrified I would be noticing how I'm I'm like attracted to he's just so torn with he just she just just gets him all yeah so so <laughs> where does she come from how did she get that good at that many things and then she seems to be on a similar thing to Heen, where she's tired of doing living like this. Mm -hmm. 
So um, she purposely remains in this book. Like she kind of like one friend in the beginning was like the action really starts when she shows up in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. In some ways she kicks in what you would call traditionally the plot. Um, And yet by the end, you still are kind of clueless. And he even said like, can you at least tell me one thing that you even have a personal history? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So she, it's almost like she was like raised questions. She's like a like a walking question, which yeah. So um Bourne's, I love Bourne's wife. I noticed that the women someone uh, maybe yesterday in the interview said the women are all strong. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, I live with very strong women. I'm I surrounded by very strong. So there's something there that yeah, yeah, lot yeah, lots of it. The whole book essentially. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that's so curious um i like that you answered it that way because i one of the things that i found myself doing as i was reading was trying to pin down like is one of these characters more representative of rob and rob's own experience or something like that and by that i mean just the idea that i because i i don't we don't hang out and talk and stuff but i've i've read a good bit of your work and so I was like what I know of Rob which one of these characters is him and I could I couldn't do it (laughs) you know I'd be like yeah it was really interesting because I I feel like there's different aspects in in different things uh yeah 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 a friend of mine put the book down because he's like I was just exhausted trying to figure out which one you are (laughs) and he finally was like that that might be the dumbest way to read this so then he picked it back up because he was like yeah all of them yeah, yeah. yeah I stopped that's one of the reasons why I love doing these interviews is I love people like you and your perspectives because I don't it's uh, well it's very clear like you type out an actual story and make decisions about what happens next and you edit it and create it but it also remains very mysterious to me hmm. and and hmm. like you're referring to the other books for about 30 years my work very much was about explaining which is a particular kind of energy like mm-hmm. like love wins this is how da, da, da. Arg- argument a argument b make sure we go back in argument a make sure it's like a thesis mm-hmm. it's like a point you're making no matter how mm-hmm. you get there there's like a certain sort of ruthless logic that's happening and this required the abandoning of that Mm-hmm. A story only works if you are a hundred percent present to what happens next. Hmm. So if you're trying to make a point, that's just ugh. Um, like if you see a movie and it's the movie like it's too over the top with its message, you just roll your eyes and you're like, oh god, you're just you just turn it off. So this only works. It only comes. It's almost like setting aside a musculature I developed for 30 years Hmm. and just following it and seeing where it goes. And then it's almost like you look back. It's almost like you look back at what your subconscious or somebody somebody somewhere in there was doing. Very, very, it's just an incredible experience. Really. The the energy feels more invitational. Absolutely. Um, Because that's what I 
felt. That's what it's actually like to make it. So then it's like baked into its very origins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. I I like the invitational energy. I'm I'm tend to be more drawn towards invitation than that this is how things are and how things work. Um yes. And so I think yeah, yeah. yeah. I think too that was that was part of kind of the experience uh that I had because again it's I don't know. I couldn't if I had to like sum this up in like a paragraph, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's that's too much. It'd be silly. It'd be a, a fool's errand, but <laughs> that's hmm. well said. Yeah. I don't know. But Rob, thank, this was wonderful. I'm excited because this, well, let's see, book one, Welcome to Furtis, which implies that there will be more, unless it's like the History of the World Part 1 thing, <laughs> but which I think that I guess they eventually made a part two, but uh, I'm curious to see uh, how things, how the invitation continues to unfold, both for yourself and for uh, well those within the proximity. So thank you well for said. that. And thank you for your Thanks time Thanks for today. having me on. I loved it. Very yeah. enjoyable. Me too. Well, thank you. Have fun uh, out in the ocean with the dolphins. I'm jealous. I will. I will. All right, Rob. Take care. Peace and love.